I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview on Face to Face is with Ron Chapman. He's a returning guest. He's a filmmaker, a storyteller director, writer, producer. He was on Face to Face uh, quite a few years ago, episode 170, uh, The Poet of Havana. Check it out. Uh, You can find that online for sure. And he's back some 400 episodes later, 400 interviews later. That's actually not including live interviews, so it's even more than that. So it's really great to have him back, but also uh, a thrill for me just to see sort of where we've come in the last uh, couple of years. From Earth to Sky, Shelter are the two of three films that Ron released this year. He's a pretty busy guy. You're going to have to listen in to hear what he does in his spare time. But you're going to also hear about these two beautiful films. Uh, I learned a ton. They are compelling. They're interesting. They're entertaining. They are fascinating uh, from a Canadian perspective, a historical perspective. But they also have universal uh, stories to tell, universal themes to tell. Where We, we talk about education and learning and, and about uh, learning and about documentaries as as a thesis statement. Ron talks a great deal about that. Uh, From Earth to Sky is about indigenous architects and and Turtle Island and 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 what this part of the world was like before those pre-colonial borders and boundaries were imposed. We talk about reconnecting to the past through architecture. This is a a story about collaboration. It's about conversation and community and common ground. Where does one's inspiration come from is a question that we ask. We talk about indigenous versus mainstream architecture and and how this became a lens for Ron and, and for those who are going to see the film for a way forward, uh, a, a beacon, uh, as one of the uh, indigenous architects talks about in the film. And, and this is a group of of uh, men and women from, from around uh, North America speaking uh, this, I believe this is a direct quote from the film, but speaking from uh, the heart, and it's about a sustainable future. It's about a way forward. It's about a new vision for our cities. It's And, and, and again, it's just such a beautiful film. Shelter, also uh, a film that you're going to need to say uh, see, uh, talking about architecture and buildings from you know a different perspective, but definitely rooted in history and 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 xenophobia and racism and 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 but 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 this sense of overcoming 
and how it's better to give than to take and 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 how some of these uh, folks and these entrepreneurs speak about buildings as being wait for it irreplaceable assets how beautiful how cool is that it's as i say in the interview it's good it's beautiful it's true ultimately buildings these inanimate objects take on a relational spiritual uh, philosophical quality and that kind of lends back beautifully from uh, to the film from earth to sky so check it out stay tuned uh, international distribution coming your way soon can be seen on uh, a variety of different places online so look for those chapman's chapman productions.ca is where you can find out more about ron and if you want to learn more about the work i'm doing david peck live Dot com is the best place to go. You'll find face-to-face there. You'll find a host of other interviews. And we've got lots more planned for this year. And uh, uh, no sign of me stopping anytime soon, I don't think. I just love it all too much. And I hope if you do too, you'll leave me a review on iTunes. Uh, sign up for our newsletter. Please uh, sign up for the YouTube channel and, and like us there. And if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. Again, that would be uh, brilliant for so many reasons. Uh, getting word on the street about what we do is so important. So stay tuned. Uh, Ron Chapman, a guest today on Face to Face, talking about his two new films, From Earth to Sky and Shelter. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today, a returning guest, actually, to Face to Face. We have Ron Chapman here with us somewhere in Northern Ontario, Canada. It's looking pretty beautiful in the background, and I can tell everyone it's not just a digital image. It's the real thing. Ron, thanks for joining us today on Face to Face. Thanks so much. Great to be here, David. Thank you. So you've been very busy this year, a very strange year to be releasing movies. Projects have been, you've been working on for years, heart and soul and mind wrapped up in these things. Tell me a little bit about what you've been up to and, and, and can you connect that to this strange COVID-like experience for, for a storyteller, for an artist, for a filmmaker? Sure. Well, I, I've released uh, three, three films this year since uh, January. The first was, was in January. And it's a film I've been working on uh, for a long time on and off. I, I did a film called The Poet of Havana with Carlos Varela, Jackson Brown, and, and, and Benicio del Toro. And, and that was based around uh, a Cuban artist, Carlos Varela. I recorded a, a few concerts with him. And it was always my intention to do a concert film. Um, so his complete works could be seen, heard, and understood. Carlos is, has been called the Bob Dylan of Cuba. He's Jackson Brown calls him one of the greatest writers of our time. His his writing uh, and the depth of, of of what he writes and says it's universal and 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 really everybody and anybody should should try and have a look uh, to uh, to understand who this artist is and what he is because he is. He is that great. But I wanted to make this concert film. So over the years, I finally got it done. And, and this year, uh, I released it in, uh, in January. And I released two other films. I released a film called Shelter that I've been working on for about four years, um, which was released in early June. Uh, and I released a film from Earth to Sky at the end of June. So those three films. So I think the and, first... The first question really, Ron, is what do you do in your spare time? I think that's the really most important question for you to answer today. Well, uh, work on the next film. Uh, <laughs> that's right. 
But no, well, I, mean, and, I, and, and I, you know, I'm also, I, I play music. I'm a musician. Okay. And I love music and it's part it's of, uh, part of what feeds me. So I do. Yeah, it's cool. Which, hey, listen, I, I can already hear us talking about your next project, but maybe we'll save that for the end of the interview. The Poet of Havana was the interview that you and I did, believe it or not, Ron, episode 170 on Face to Face, several podcasting platforms ago. Yeah. Uh, the technology wasn't there as it is today. And that's almost 400 interviews. Uh, ago yeah. for me on face to face so how how crazy is that and not that much time has passed but 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 anyway again thanks for thanks for being here today and i really i i need to say congratulations too on from earth to sky and shelter uh, both beautiful films moving uh, compelling on so many levels and i just i learned a ton not only historically but i i mean i think i stepped into this thing called uh, architecture in a whole new way and, and I love, I've, I've got to start with a little bit of a quote here and listen, we can talk about from earth to sky. We can talk about shelter. I mean, I, we'll, we'll just see where this all takes us, but I think, you know, uh, oh, and I, I really do need to uh, let our listeners know where they can see these films, but this, this is the quote we're going to come back to uh, quote, a reconnection to the past and an expression of a people with modern building materials, close quote. I mean, talk about contrast and juxtaposition in this simple quote. But before we dive into that, Ron, where can people see From Earth to Sky and Shelter? Well, both these films I've released so far uh, only in Canada. Um, they're, uh, they're both about to do an international circuit in terms of festivals over the Fantastic. next year. And uh, and then we'll you know settle and find various broadcasters. We're talking with a, a variety of them now. But but I my my intention really and and I had a need to release them uh, with these broadcasters because I had obligations and they sure had, of course right. So so shelter was was released with Rogers on uh, on Omni as a as a main platform, and um, and from Earth to Sky I did with with TVO. And so it's available on uh, on TVO as well as their YouTube platform. So that yeah, that, that's that's great. Well, all the best with the festival run, and and hopefully you can get back face to face and and in front of a live audience and feel that sort of energy in the room with 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 two of these films again. Beautiful, beautiful films from Earth to Sky, a reconnection to the past, and an expression of a people. Is that is that where you started? as you thought about stepping into this story from Earth to Sky? Um, you know what? I, I, I'm always, you know, drawn by, by stories and by what I'm going to learn. I, I, I'm a sort of high school dropout. I didn't get to do theses and things like that. And I look at each documentary as sort of my opportunity to do a little thesis and, nice. and, and learn, uh, learn about something and then, and then take that learning and, and try and, and position it in such a way within the film that other people can, can can see what I saw or be enlightened in the way I was enlightened. Um, Earth to Sky was really interesting. I, I, I it came to my attention that uh, a group of architects, eighteen Indigenous architects, had won the RFP to represent Canada at the uh, Architectural Biennale in Venice, and they were going to present at that at the Canada Pavilion what was Indigenous architecture. Right. So. My first question was, what is indigenous architecture? Yeah, yeah who knew? Really, I mean, I know what a teepee is, but, you know, what is indigenous architecture? And what is it today or what is it then? And what is their story? So I was fascinated by that. I, I was, that's what got me started. 
And as I dug a bit deeper, I found out that these 18 indigenous architects were not from Canada. They were from what's called Turtle Island, and uh, which is the pre-colonial borders. Before there was Canada, America, Ontario, it's, it's all the nations and where they lived. And so, so there were architects involved in this Canadian pavilion presentation that were from Arizona or were from New York. Or from, and I'm like, well, that's weird. How come Canada has American Americans uh, at, at this presentation? And, and of course, a little more digging. The realization came that, which I knew, of course, but that, that many of these nations don't even recognize Canada as a sovereign nation. And so, well, wait a second. They don't recognize Canada as a sovereign nation. They're going to this Biennale representing Canada, the Canada Pavilion, but they're not all Canadians. They're Americans also, or are from American soil. I went, wow, that's weird. And and what is Indigenous architecture? And further to that, because my understanding of many architects is there's so much about themselves and their vision and what they attach and what what is their brand. I went, how do 18 architects agree on anything? So I thought that it would be fascinating to to try and follow this journey to Venice. I was actually calling it the road to Venice at the time. Uh, And I went to, uh, but at the same time, it was a delicate time to even consider this because I'm not indigenous and it's an indigenous story. And uh, so I went to Douglas Cardinal and, and spoke to Douglas and told him what I wanted to do and what my intention was. And he listened. We had a great connection. He said he was going to go and talk with his elders and come back. And he went to the elders and came back to me. And he said, you know, the elders really feel that this is a, a good thing, that what you want to do is a good thing, and that our collaborating on this and doing it together is a good thing, that there needs to be more of this. So as opposed to, you know, you know, only indigenous people can do this. And it was, he really saw this and they saw this as a way that we can sort of come together and find more of a common ground. And, and so he supported me and, and the other architects all came on board and were wonderful. And I, but then I found I couldn't even begin to make that film for a variety of reasons that they were all over the place in terms of how that, that came together I couldn't just make a film about this this presentation they were going to do in Venice. But while I was doing it, I got to know the architects and found, I went, wow, look at these people. Look at these successful indigenous architects that, that are so evolved and so attuned to the world, to our environment, to communities, to their history, and to just the, the situation right now. I went, you know, they're amazing and I'm going to follow them. So I followed some of those architects and that was just an incredible education. I went with them to their communities. I sat in their council meetings. I got to understand how they approached projects. I saw them with clients. Um, and, and, and it was the greatest education one could ever have. And before this, going into this, I went, you know, I, I always thought I sort of knew more about indigenous peoples and nations than most people. I've had connections, but I realized after I did this, how little I really knew and how much there was to know. So a hum- so a humbling experience by the sound of it in yes. some respects. And honestly, the more, uh, uh, the more I learn, the more I don't know. And I think, uh, you know, exactly. I, I, I'm just thinking of an old Henley song right now. Um, 
that where he talks about that. And I guess maybe as he turned mid fifties, he was willing to at least, you know, admit that, uh, uh, it was on, uh, one of his late, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll see if I can dig it up and I'll, I'll refer back to it in my introduction. No, I'm, I'm with you, Ron. I think it's a, I love the backstory to, to how you stepped into it. You talked about collaboration and, and I think consensus. And of course there's a community there that you stepped into. Did you ever get a put any pushback from, from indigenous folks saying, Oh, you know what? We really need to tell this story ourselves. Or was it more of a, wow, this is amazing. This guy wants to listen. He wants to make this with us. So it was a, there was more a sense of participation because I think it is a sensitive issue these days. And, 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 and at what point, you know, does the poet like yourself get to look in and say, you know, um, um, this is a story that needs to be told and I hope I can do it. Yeah, well, certainly from from the architects that I that that I worked with as a community, they were they were only helpful, only supportive. So good. And you know, they I mean, I told them what my intentions were, you know. Of course. And, and, and my intentions, you know, what I said to the beginning is, you know, I'm not looking to tell indigenous communities anything they don't know. I'm not going to pretend to tell. It's the same same as what I did with Cuba and my Cuban films. I was never trying to tell Cubans about their history and who they were and what they were. That's ridiculous. You know, but I said, I think that, you know, me being able to convey in this case to colonists or non-Indigenous peoples, you know, what I learned and what I saw, I thought that therein lies the opportunity for me. That's what my initial goal was with the film, is to reach out to other people to experience what I experienced in the awakening and the understanding so that good. I experienced. Uh, yeah. It's so, I mean, isn't, isn't, I mean, wow. Uh, isn't that to some degree what it's about awakening and understanding. And I think yeah. your comment about how, uh, you know, you approach documentaries as a way to learn. I think, I think a lot, I hope lots of people step in because in order to learn, you sort of have to have, you know, your eyes need to be open, your ears need to be open. So it's sort it presupposes a certain amount of listening. Let's hope, Let's hope most Canadians and most North Americans and us in the West can spend the next five to 10 years listening and maybe, you know, much longer than that. But we've got we've got lots of work to do. And uh, I think I learned I learned a ton from this film. And what I was struck by was the the forward thinking of it all like the you know the 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 the, the what's her name tam is it tammy eagle bull the first tammy woman eagle. indigenous architect i mean how did she, you know to do that in any culture is going to be challenging right and and yet she stepped in and eyes wide open and and did incredible work and i was blown away too at the i guess the breadth of this the width, the breadth, and the depth of their of, the, of indigenous architecture. So, I think it's a, a brilliant thing, and 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 I think what what was really beautiful for me was to see the human being wrapped up in a building, like this. There's this sense of um, indwelling or something, you know that that this isn't about a piece of this isn't a building material. This is about the future. It's about our past. It's about our traditions. It's about people. It's about sustainability, right? It's, and, they, and, and this, yeah, go. And community. And community. And community. Yeah. Most yeah. importantly about community. Yeah. Because all those things fall under community. You know, yeah, it's, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. It's good. As you, as you talk to some of these architects, uh, did, did you get a, did you get this sense that they were in this for uh, um, this architectural field for other reasons? 
Does that make sense? That there was more going on than just, oh, this is a career that I'm going to choose. This is a, you know, I mean, we're talking about, I don't typically think of an architect as an artist, Ron, but I can't not think of an artist after meeting some of these, well, all of these people. Yes, absolutely right. Well, uh, I mean, firstly, they are all artists. And I, I mean, I believe architects are artists at their core what they have to do, what they have to create. They're artists that have all these parameters around creating art in a sense. And, and then the question is, where does that inspiration come for their art and for that, 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 that construct? Um, I think that all of them saw that artistic uh, um, opportunity to do that. I believe that, and, and, and Tammy talks about that, you know, and her father talks about that. Uh, in, in in the film that, uh, you know, they've only, you know, Douglas Cardinal, who was the first architect in Canada, Indigenous peoples were not allowed to be architects. You know, they that was not a field that was open to them. They couldn't remain Indigenous and be an architect. In the same way, they couldn't be lawyers. How could they defend themselves and protect themselves? You know, it's it's part of what we perpetrated on on, on these mm-hmm. people, you know. So Douglas, you know, was the one who broke the barrier and became an architect. Why did he become an architect? You know, their communities didn't have a say in what was being built for them, what was being presented to them, because they had had all their land taken away and all the other rights taken away. And all of a sudden, you know, they're getting these metal boxes dropped on and, and that's where you're going to live. And, and so uh, a lot for a lot of them, it was very much about reclaiming their culture and reclaiming control over who they are and what they are and how they're represented, how they live, how their communities work and interact. And, and what is the, what is the purpose of these things that we build and who does it serve? In fact, I think, I think the question of who does it serve is beautiful. I forget who it was in the film, but talked about the, these pieces, these architectural pieces, these buildings as beacon beacons for the community. I mean, yeah. what a what a beautiful thing! Now, maybe I haven't studied architecture, but maybe maybe that is sort of a core principle. But but it seems to me that there was something very um, rooted and very human about what these particular architects were doing. I love that Tammy. Uh, she designed a building. Was it a schoolhouse? And and she went and got feedback from children. <laughs> to to speak into what this building should ultimately be and how it should look like and how it might function. So it's not just functionality. It's not a utilitarian. It's very much a spiritual and a philosophical exercise or creation is a much better word. 100%. And, and that is, again, part of their process. Uh, you know, whether it be a school or whether it be a community building, whatever, their process really is to go in to talk to the kids, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, to yeah. talk to the 13-year-olds, yeah. to talk to the 18 to 20-year-olds, to talk to the parents, to talk to the teachers, and to talk to the elders of the community and gather everybody's input as to what what this building should serve, who it should serve, and what should be satisfied within the, the construct of this building for the community. And then from that, they then start developing what is the building, which, you know, and, 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 and you would note, of course, that within the film, they talked about indigenous architecture and mainstream architecture. And some of them, you know, not all of them just work for indigenous communities. They branched out and they serve other communities and their process for what it is they build and how they build it 
you know, is so different in terms of an indigenous community and what they would call a mainstream, uh, you know, project because the representation and the input and, and the reason for the building existing is doesn't go through anything like the processes that an indigenous building would go through. Who, who said in the film, and I, I can't remember, but just things like um, the, the idea of a vision, beacon, sustainability, community, and so on. But somebody said people are entwined in, in the architecture in the film. And I love that all of a sudden a building made out of steel, wood, these inanimate objects takes on a relational quality. Yeah. And this is a place where, where you don't just come in from the rain. You might come in from the rain, but you're also going to gather here. You're going to tell stories together. You're going to experience life together. I don't know. I just, I think it's genius on, on so many levels. And, and, and I, wouldn't it be interesting and brilliant if this film and, and these stories became a part uh, of, and maybe it is already architectural education in, into the future. This is uh yeah. Anyway, is that too idealistic, Ron? What do you think? Well, you know, I mean, firstly and foremost, you know, I, I had hoped that, and what I noticed and what I saw, what I, as I went through the film was, was I would hope that I would be able to use architecture as a lens for people to, to disarm people and th and then therefore to better understand and to be brought into an understanding of indigenous cultures history traditions uh you know and the people uh with with a positive narrative with positive role models not dwelling all the time on whose land and how do we give back the land and how much money do they get and all of this and you can't do this and you can't do that and all these things you know, that truth and reconciliation, and there's been no truth still, but, you know, all these things we spent, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on, they have not made a dent in the psyche of the country uh, to a great extent, you know, and, and, and part of it is because they keep having, you know, how do we settle? How do we settle? How do we settle? And, and I've had a huge response from this film by so many people from different generations who have said, I never, you know, I'm, I'm seeing indigenous nations through new eyes. I never saw this before. And I think the reason for that is that because it's always dealing with the horror and, 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 and these unresolved issues that we're fighting back and forth on and people say, well, what are we going to do? Give them back to Toronto. We're going to give them back Ottawa. You can't do this. You know, how do you go back on that? And, and you end up in this struggle. Here are these people and I, where we, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time talking about the horrific history that they that they had to endure and overcome, but enough to position them in such a way that you know that they have all endured and they have all overcome those things. And they've all looked around and said, well, okay, but here I am. Now what can I do? What can I do to move forward? What can I do to help my community? What can I do to be a good citizen? What can I do to work with the other people of this country to make this country better? What can I bring from from our three you know thirty thousand years of history and knowledge to these people to help help fulfill the promise that we were given when when they first landed that we would have co stewardship of this land and you know they screwed us on that a thousand times over and we haven't had that but maybe there's a chance now 
that we can sit down and start sharing and, and, and moving forward together and sharing this knowledge. And, and I believe that is, you know, starting to happen. And, and I believe that this film really, you know, helps, helps uh, get that message out in a way that, other, that, that so many other things have been unsuccessful at because they're only focusing on these unresolved issues as opposed to just positive role models, positive contribution, positive working together. Here's how we can go forward. It actually, this film actually gives an answer. How, and we could probably- when I say this film, I mean the, I don't, I don't mean the film itself, right. contained within the film. These architects and these representatives of their communities, right. they give the answer because there's nothing but their words in this film and nothing but their story in this film. I did not impose uh, in the film, you know, it is, it is their stories. And I think you're absolutely right. And I think the, 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 the line also that stood out to me or the, one of the underlying themes and like any great doc, there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Sure. This is about architecture. It's about, it's about the environment and so on, but there's so many layers and it's the kind of film that I believe. I mean, when you were talking, Ron, about the question that sort of drove you into this film, it sounded like you were beginning to, to write your thesis. You know, this could be a PhD thesis. In fact, if it hasn't been, I sure hope it will be. And wouldn't it be brilliant if the film, if this story, uh, uh, some architect somewhere decided to focus on uh, Tammy Eagle Bull's work and write a PhD on how this is going to change the world? Because the reality is it is, and it will continue to. And I so love the notion of it's a vision for our cities. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know that, especially during COVID and what a crazy time we find ourselves in, but where are we going to be with respect to community post COVID, uh, when, when people are wearing masks, not wanting to get together, walking over to the other side of the road, et cetera, et cetera. But listen, I, I, I love the film. It's called from earth to sky. Everyone needs to see this film, Ron. I can I, I'm so hopeful for you that it's going to get wide release internationally. Cause again, I think there's a there's a singular to a universal theme here. There's so much for all of us to learn, it seems to me. When you were making yeah. Shelter, another project that that you uh, uh, released this year, was second of three projects that you released this year. Uh, oh, by the way, folks, uh, um, help me out here, uh, Ron. It's uh, um, chapmanproductions.ca, correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so chapmanproductions.ca, you can find out more about what, what Ron's up to and maybe even what he does in his spare time. So check that out. Ron. Also, also just on, on Earth to Sky, yeah. um, I'm just finishing something so with, with a, uh, an architectural and art festival, film festival, oh, cool. that, uh, that uh, is going to be doing a New York, Toronto, Vancouver, Beautiful. LA, and Washington run. And, and uh, I believe uh, it, it could well be coming to, uh, to the TIFF Theatre uh, later in the fall with that festival. So that, that's something that uh, well, we'll, I'll let we'll, you know about. Yeah, please. We'll keep, we'll keep our eye out for that. I don't know. I, I'd love to know what similarities you saw, the connections between From Earth to Sky and Shelter. I mean, was that an intentional decision to release them or it, did it just kind of work out that way serendipitously over the past four or five years as they were coming together? Because there's definitely cross, lots of crossover here, right? Yeah. Well, it was not intentional to release them so close together. It's the last thing I ever would have done in my life, but I had really <laughs> no choice because I had the broadcasters had schedules and right. we had to adhere to them. And those schedules, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, unfairly. 
they were, everything was thrown out of whack because of COVID. So really a lot of this goes back more to COVID than anything else. And then it, it's just the serendipity of it all. That's, that's where it ended up. But I will say that working, I, you know, I was, I was doing both those films at the same time. I would be going back and forth between the two. And, and, and it was, uh, you know, really um, conflicting, actually, in a way, and, and yet very interesting to be working on these two films. Because one film is about our original inhabitants of this country who had these colonists come in and take over the country and perpetrate all these horrific things on them, which they somehow managed to live through and, and have overcome. Uh, and, and the other film was about immigrants coming to this country and contributing to the building of that country, and, and, but also who had overcome just huge, horrific circumstances. Um, so, you know, what, I mean, what was really similar about the two films is that these were two groups that really showed the strength of humanity to, to overcome unbelievable adversity, unbelievable horrors, and find a way to, to stand up and, you know, and, and, and move forward with life without giving up. I mean, the, the resilience that these, these two communities showed is so humbling and, and, and heart-wrenching, heart-wrenching. In a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a nutshell, shelter is, to me, similar uh, on a lot of reasons because it's about it's it's about um you know a vision for our cities different vision but it's about creating a space it's about community still you know one of the comments and do you want to just tell our listeners really quickly the, the sort of the thematic of shelter without giving too much away it's about it's not just about apartment buildings but they play a pretty important role well i'll tell you that shelter i mean for me was a film uh, you know, there was so much going on in America at the time in terms of the xenophobia around immigrants. Shelter came to me, and, and to me, it was a great story that that was necessary to tell, as there are many, many others with other immigrant groups, you know, that have the, the, the contribution of immigrants to, to North America, be it Canada or the U.S., and we are countries full of immigrants, and, and this insanity around the, 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 uh, around the xenophobia about immigrants coming into the country destroying, to me, it's just, it, it was nuts. And, and I felt that, uh, you know, there was an opportunity to tell a story that told a greater story about immigrants and the, and the value of immigrants. So this, this film is a, is a story about a group of Jewish immigrants who came escaping the pogroms in Russia in the 20s or, or escaping the Second World War or having somehow managed to live through the Second World War, the camps, and arrived here in, in Toronto and Canada with nothing. And, and, and again, you know, face some of the same issues that the indigenous peoples faced. They, they weren't, there was huge prejudice, discrimination. They weren't allowed to be part of all kinds of professions. They had to find a way to live and yet they had nothing. They arrived with nothing and, and they somehow found a way to build a life and build community, build family, uh, and, and, and create, uh, an industry, uh, in this country, uh, and, and, and a kind of, um, uh, uh, opportunity, this, affordable apartment rental model, which didn't exist before, which 
which allowed, they, they built like 500,000 units and, and up until rent controls, you know, it allowed over a million people to come. Toronto grew by a million people and gave immigrants a place to get a good start. And if you look at it like, 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 uh, like with kids, that zero to six, good start, it's sort of similar as opposed to people going, they, they built great apartments and they built them with, with thinking about family, thinking about, uh, you know, uh, about people living with respect and decency. And so as opposed to immigrants coming in, in to, to a New York or somewhere like that and living in a basement slums and tenements with no hot and cold running water with rats and stuff like that. They built places they could, people could move into and live with, with self-respect. And Toronto had waves and waves of immigrants that came through that lived in these buildings. That was their stepping off point. And, and over that period of time from the fifties to when rent controls came in, Toronto really transformed because of those communities and the contributions that they made to the city from being, a, a, again, xenophobic, backwater, prejudiced, discriminatory city, you know, where Jews and Catholics couldn't walk in certain couldn't areas. Couldn't walk on Young Street. Couldn't walk on Young Street. Could, I mean, it's unbelievable. It, it is kind of unbelievable. And I think we often need to be, often, we need Mind. to be shocked out of our complacency about these things. We, we've, it's so easy to, for, well, you can't forget what you don't know. But sometimes you don't even want to really know. Like that, that is the power of the ideological implications of of some of you as a storyteller of the of the stories you choose to tell and the things that kind of seep in under the surface, which is why I I just so love documentary film and just film in general. You know, it's doing some it's doing layered work, if you know what I mean. It's pushing back against that status quo mindset. But yeah, when I when you see those images, you go, that's not Toronto, is it? Right? Like there's this Wow. Right. And, 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 uh, it's just this, we need to be shocked out of our complacency, Ron. Without question. And, and, and I guess what's interesting is very much a result of that. Not that they, not that they planned that they were thinking, oh, this is what we're going to, this is what this is going to accomplish. There are reasons for doing it. You can, you know, you can get that in the film, but, but very much as a result of that and that growth and those immigrant groups coming into Toronto and their contribution to Toronto, to Ontario, you know, Toronto became, uh, you know, arguably one of the most successful multicultural cities in the world from that. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's stepping stones, that. right? I mean, but there's the, the metaphors, the metaphors, right? Building, construction, laying foundations, right? Paving the road, the way forward. I love how somebody, Ron, in the film refers to the buildings, these apartments that um, are so, I guess, uniform in a sense, and, and, and may not be in some cases even places that lots of people would want to live, but he calls them irreplaceable assets. Yeah. And that, that's where I saw one of the connections, providing a space, yes, for people to come in outside of the rain, but also for people to build families, to create communities, to tell stories, to listen to one another. And it's just, honestly, it, it reframes kind of everything, right? It, 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 and it's seeing the city through that type of a lens is, it's good, it's beautiful, and it's true. Like, I just, it's... I, I got to say, I I, uh, I loved both of these films, Ron. I, I love your work, and and I I hope that continues. Sadly, we got to wrap up in a few minutes. And 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 are you planning on releasing a fourth film this year? You only have a few months left, Ron, and you might have to no. pick up. The- okay, good, good. <laughs> no. I don't know if that's a good Run thing or not. This year. 
<laughs> not okay. for this year. The films are From Earth to Sky, Shelter, um, Chapman's, uh, Chapman, not not a plural, chapmanproductions.ca. Ron, you got to say a word or two just because uh, before we hit record today uh, here on Face to Face. And by the way, if you're enjoying uh, what, what I'm doing here, please leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. Like us on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, uh, be always a big help. Ron, tell us about your next project and, and, and maybe we'll have you back in a couple more years to, to talk about that. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Can you give us a little yeah, taste? For sure. I'm doing a, I'm doing a film now on the Toronto rock and roll revival. It's, uh, it's, it's, I guess, one of the great untold stories of the summer of 69, now that Summer of Soul has been out. And uh, it's about a festival that didn't get a lot of recognition worldwide and, and, uh, and deserves it. Rolling Stone called it the second most important event in rock history. And it happened in Toronto. Um, uh, a promoter wanted to, to bring all the rock and roll greats and show the kids who these people were. And he, he, he got brought in Bo Diddley and uh, um, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and, and uh, Little Richard and uh, Gene Vincent. And a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of the greats, Chuck Berry, and and yet ticket sales didn't really happen. So we started adding a, a bunch of other groups, and the Doors ended up being added on in Chicago, and Alice Cooper, uh, some others. Uh, but and and eventually, a day or two before the concert, John Lennon. These were all his heroes. He decided that he would come and play the festival. And he came with Yoko, and and it was uh, so. It ended up being the first performance of any with of any of the Beatles, and certainly John's first performance, uh, not as a Beatle, as John Lennon, which right, was something right. that he was transforming through, to, you know, with Yoko as they built their vision of what their world would be like, their artistic world and collaboration would be like, because they were collaborating like crazy on all kinds of stuff, you know, and. Uh, and it was leading to the end of the Beatles, and it was a, it was an incredibly important concert for John, and 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 uh, and really, it's one that that is said that gave him the confidence to move forward and leave the leave the group. The final, yep. his final, this is it. Right. I just went and played. It was a gas. I it was just me, John Lennon, with my band, and I can put this band or any band together. And now I'm going to go off and be a creative, uh, as John Lennon. So that's, yes. you know, that's, uh, certainly a part of the story. But uh, the story is also about D.A. Pennebaker, who made Don't Look Back, uh, who made Monterey Pop, who really is seen and, 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 and credited with, with, with uh, discovering verite documentary filmmaking, that fly on the wall kind of thing. He came and shot the concert at the last minute. It's a fantastic story about how he pulled that together. And, uh, and I collaborated with... Uh, with uh, with D.A. Pennebaker and son Fraser and his wife, Chris Hegedus from uh, Hegedus Pennebaker, Pennebaker Hegedus Productions. And they became co-producers on it with me. And, and I have access to all of his it's unseen remarkable. footage, unseen acts, you know, uh, out, like, and I've been through it. I spent a week, actually, uh, probably about 50 hours, 50 something hours of footage uh, that's never been seen, never before seen performances on, on the film. And and so that is a, a great story that's part of my story, as well as the promoter, John Brower, who is like a 22 year old who didn't know that what he was doing was impossible and couldn't happen. Right. You know, right. Right. Sounds <laughs> sounds a lot like the subjects of your other films. Uh, uh, what was the other line? <laughs> what was the other line from from Shelter? Um, we didn't need permission to be entrepreneurs, you know, yeah. 
Love that. Yeah. That's a great takeaway, a great lesson. And, and the indigenous architects of, of From Earth to Sky, and you know, they just, they didn't need permission either. I mean, for me, it was, you know, From Earth to Sky is kind of a protest story in a way. This, you know, Cardinal, how he stepped in and said, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's genius. Uh, the new film sounds like a lot of fun. I hope you get Bob Dylan to write a little bit of the soundtrack. That sure. would be awesome. Uh, let me know if that happens. And uh, Ron, what a pleasure having you today on, on Face to Face. Uh, thank you again from Earth to Sky, Shelter. Look for uh, those films at chapmanproductions.ca and hopefully coming soon to, to a theater near you somewhere around the world. Ron, pleasure having you today again and look forward to seeing you face to face. Thanks so much. Pleasure being back with you again and uh, just uh, truly a pleasure doing your show. So thank you. Thanks. So there you have it, Ron Chapman on Face to Face talking about his two new films, From Earth to Sky, Shelter, a new production about a late 1969, I believe, uh, affair in Toronto connected to pretty much rock and roll history, history across the board. So stay tuned for that. What a pleasure having Ron back on the show. Uh, 400 episodes ago, uh, Ron appeared on Face to Face at episode 170. Check that out online. Hope you get to see the film. Don't forget chapmanproductions.ca to learn more about these films and about the work that Ron's up to. And also davidpecklive.com for more information about uh, the writing and the speaking and the podcasting that I do. Please um, sign up for our newsletter on Face to Face like us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, and we would really appreciate it. And this would be huge. Would appreciate a review on iTunes and forward, you know, forward these interviews to your family and friends. Talk about us on social, even if it's just a little bit, it can go a long way. Thanks so much. Uh, We will see you again um, very soon here on Face to Face. 